0: What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick. you
1: listen to the Washington Football Talk
0: Podcast.
1: Federal agents raided the Washington football team's practice facility last Friday, as well as the home of the head athletic trainer, Ryan Vermillion. It was the deep. EA this is no joke this is very serious this is an emergency podcast
2: there's the friends the apartments and the future you seek and then there's the team supporting you every step of the way SECU may be Maryland's largest credit union but we pride ourselves on the little things that make life easier and our local community stronger We're a place where seekers win, where daily banking and financial planning are just the beginning of what SECU offers. We're here for the seekers, and we're waiting for you. Visit secumd.org.
1: What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast. This is a unexpected emergency podcast, unexpected in every sense of the word. We are brought to you by Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Once you do the same thing, check them out online, oarsmanva.com. Let's start with the facts as reported uh, by me, Grant Paulson, and Julie Carey from NBC4, who was a a big help connecting us with with all sorts of things. Um, The Washington football team has placed Ryan Vermillion, head athletic trainer, on administrative leave as there is an ongoing federal criminal investigation into Vermillion unrelated to the team. That's the information they included in the statement. I got to talk to Ron Rivera. You'll hear that interview a little later. Ron Rivera also did a press conference. We're all going to react to that. Um, Boys, what a day. What was your reaction when you heard, saw this news?
2: Surprise. I mean, uh, you know, there have been a lot of things that have happened around Ashburn over the years and all the talk of the, of the, the culture change and the cleanup and everything like that. I, I, I don't know that I expected something kind of out of left field like this. Uh, things are never slow around Ashburn. And I guess uh, the second you start feeling a little comfortable that we're going to sit here and just talk about football for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, Things things, uh, things flip on you.
0: Nothing like uh, JP texting us this morning. He was excited about the pod numbers that were happening from the postgame episode. And he said, yeah, looks good. And by the way, we won't record anything until Wednesday. And about eight hours later, here we are talking about uh, the football team trainer being investigated by the DEA. So, yeah, I too, like Mitch, was shocked. JP said he was working on something story-wise today, and I thought maybe a, a defensive change or something along those lines. I was not expecting it to be this. So good job, JP, on that story, you, Grant, and Julie, and uh, very interested to see what happens next here. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Peter.
1: Obviously, it's been just a wild day. I'm actually out in Ashburn right now doing live hits for Channel 4. Um I, I think surprise – I mean, I think you could say shock. Now, I, I start – so the, the raid on the facility happened last Friday, and that's when I first heard – um, some stuff, and then the, the big thing that, that tipped me off was Vermilion wasn't in Atlanta, and and once you see that, and things start moving, um, it. it listen, I have heard from a number of people on background that there are a number of people that, not us, but people are stunned by this. A lot of people that go back a ways with RV are stunned and, and don't understand how this is unfolding. But I mean, crazy things happen and people are stunned at times. I, I don't know enough. I don't think any of us do. I think it's important to point out um, at least as of five twenty on Monday timestamp guy uh, there's been no arrests, no charges is my understanding um, th- that obviously could change, but I mean, this is a stunner. This is like, Ron got the job and hired RV within a few days. I bet if we went back and tracked it down, I bet RV was one of the first couple of hires, if not the first hire. And uh, it, um, it, it, I am not going to say that this negates or undermines a culture change, right? Because they've done so much in such a short period of time. But, damn, it it makes it very curious. And I've talked to a number of people, um, sources that have said they can't get any information because this is not an investigation into the team. It's just an investigation into Vermillion, and the feds don't have to play ball with anybody because they're not under investigation. Not to mention the feds can kind of do what they want. They're the federal law enforcement. It's the DEA we're talking about. This isn't Loudoun County sheriffs. No – disrespect to the Loudoun County Sheriff's, but this is a different level of bureaucracy here. And this is just a wild, wild situation. Mitch, all the stuff we've seen out here, (laughs) this is wild.
2: Wild. I mean, you thought, going back over the years, you think about some of the things that have happened and and there have been some astounding and astonishing and surprising and shocking things, mostly not really on a on a on a on a government on a national on a on a on a, on a level like the DEA being being involved in it. Uh, JP, you uh, you know it was so cool watching this whole thing kind of unfold with NBC Four and everything. You got a statement from the team. You want to read that?
0: Yeah, I, I can track it. It's in my text messages. Um, okay, might as well give the give the official statement here. Okay, hang on. Yeah, I'll clean up up all the pauses. Take your time. No, I don't care. You can leave it.
1: There's been a lot of text messages today. Um, This was texted to Grant and I at 1.43 p.m. Ryan Vermillion has been placed on administrative leave due to an ongoing criminal investigation that is unrelated to the team. So that is the official stance. Um, Ron didn't offer much more than that in the presser, which is exactly what I expected. But when you hear his interview with us, I think you're going to be... I thought he really opened up and and that was, or he, he opened a very small window, but wide. And I, and I found that interesting if that makes, not to tease it too much, but
2: yeah, I I thought his answer in the, in the press conference, he, he did his daily, his usual Monday presser and, and, you know, was asked about not, you know, the relationship to the team, but his personal relationship with RV who he's known for so long. And, and he, you know, he said, "I'm not going to speak on that because it's not, you know, necessarily pertinent to this at the moment or whatever." But I mean, I think that's an important fact or point to make. You know, you mentioned it earlier in the pod. Those two have known each other for 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 decades. You know, for, for a long time, and have worked very very closely together. It's uh, you can't you know you can uh, take away the personal side of this to whatever you know whatever the the underlying thing is that the DA is going after.
0: Yeah, nine years together in Carolina, uh, then came here to Washington together. And last year, Ryan was really key in Ron's cancer battle. So last year probably felt like a decade for those two with how much they communicated. And Ryan was the team's ICO, the Infectious Control Officer. So he was in charge of uh, staying on top of all the COVID issues. And I know I praised him because the team had the fewest COVID issues last year. Um, so you know, in some ways he is a very, very important figure there and very trusted by Ron. So again, seeing his name wrapped up in a DEE raid, this team is playing the Raiders on December 5th. I didn't expect them to be raided on October 2nd, October 1st, whatever date it was. So that uh man, weird, wacky, wild, the Washington football team.
2: Well, and kind of the first thing that I thought of when when I when you first brought it up, JP, when you, when I first heard about it was, you know. Back, you know, I guess it was in 2011, the DEA had an independent meeting with all the NFL team doctors about transporting um, the opioids, you know, the the pain meds, the pain medication.
1: Everything changed. I think it was that 2014 or whatever.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Teams that the DEA told doctors that there are rules that you need to follow when Bringing you know when bringing the pain medication across state borders as the, as these teams are flying around the country, and in 2017 the play uh, the players' association you know sued the the the, the league over uh, over the distribution of those pain medic that pain medication and and the opioids and and all those different things. I, I as we talk about the DEA and we talk about the NFL, that was immediately where my mind went.
1: Totally but let's not let it go any further because we're completely speculating and these are like legit legal things. And I I think everybody's mind jumps to that, but I think from a football perspective, I mean, we watched a number of dudes get hurt in Atlanta and usually RV is the first guy running out there and he's not, you know, like I I just, I know Ron wants to try to dismiss this, say, don't make the interesting important and all that. It's just going to be really hard to do.
0: Yeah. Um, I, this also reminded me, I know, JP, last year when you were trying to work on the Bruce Allen stuff, you noticed that he was, his pregame routine was different. So this just reiterates how important it is to be at these stadiums. So uh, good job paying attention to things there. And I know you got Ron to open up a little more, but in the press conference with the media, um, not to be, sound all haughty and like, uh, you know, on, our, on a pedestal, but were you disappointed by his constant pointing to the team statement? Or was it, I know you said it's what you expected, but were you also disappointed?
1: It was exactly what I expected. And, and at some level, it's a open federal criminal investigation. You're probably not allowed to respond. I imagine, yeah. like, my so that presser was scheduled for 2 o'clock. I moved to 2.30. I'm guessing there was a call with a lawyer somewhere in there that said, don't say anything. Um, you know how lawyers operate. Um, yep. It's all billable hours, baby. So I... Uh, i what was i i was so unsurprised that i wasn't disappointed i thought maybe he would open up just because he knows the person but like i mean selfishly i was kind of happy he did it with me instead of the presser damn right yeah just being being honest
0: Um, yeah i know i know you got the one-on-one and i texted you like hey i'm writing a story about the presser assuming ron didn't say anything about it and then you're like, no, he said something else. Listen to the audio. And I was like, oh, OK. And again, not to hype up your interview too, too much yeah, like no, he no, gave no, you gave no. you every scoop. But it was it was a good little bite. Um, I,
1: I feel like until we know more, there's not a lot more to say on this because I just mm-hmm. I don't want to get into speculative territory and kind of everything left to discuss is speculation like I'm happy to get on a zoom with you two tonight if I ever get home and have a vitamin t and talk through this but I just don't think we should do it on the pod you know what I mean
2: certainly there are many 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 layers to it but yeah as we talk about RV there are a ton of injuries this weekend
1: yeah that's I mean since I wouldn't have done a podcast until Wednesday but since Dude, Bosick's out for the year. McTyre's out for the year. Sheriff's out two to three weeks. And Ron kind of
0: confirmed that timing, right? He said that sounds viable. And then Logan being week-to-week with the hamstring injury was also lumped in there. He said that sounds viable to that too. But you um,
2: he, he mentioned that San Reyes is, is probably going to be active on Sunday, which leads you to believe that it might be week-to-week, but probably not going to be this week for right, Logan Thomas. Right. Right. Um,
0: um, yeah. Go ahead, JP.
1: Those are big blows, dude. Losing Sheriff is a major blow, um, even if it's only a week or two. Big man, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Schweitzer's level of play when he went in for Sheriff
2: in Atlanta? I thought Schweitzer looked pretty good. I, I think that, you know, the Eric Flower signing makes it that much bigger uh, this offseason because you know that Schweitzer can step in and, and play quite well. Um, I, I think that, honestly, I think the Logan... T- Brandon Sheriff is the better player between Brandon Sheriff and Logan Thomas. But I think there's a bigger drop-off between Logan Thomas and the rest of the tight end group. John than, Bates, than, 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 right. Yeah. than there is from Brandon Sheriff to watch Schweitzer. So I think Schweitzer is going to do a good job stepping in. He did, he did so on uh, Sunday in Atlanta.
0: The point I want to make about Bostic. Look, he's been really bad this year. He doesn't seem to help in a lot in many ways, but the thing I'll say is if he was playing continuously, And Ron saw how bad he was playing and didn't make a lineup change. That might tell you what's behind Bossick. So, and if Bossick is being hailed as this master communicator, at least like we would always say he was good before the snap, getting guys in position, the defense was out of position with him running the show. Then what's it going to look like without him? So again, while I'm sure a lot of fans are reacting to that in a, maybe a positive way, which isn't great to say about a guy who's injured for the year, um, it's just, yeah, (laughs) just be ready uh, to maybe not see much of an upgrade coming in, but I am interested. This is a big chance for Khaliq Hudson to be the replacement guy. See if he can specifically be better in coverage because he should move better than Bostic in that area. I don't, I think that is really wishful thinking. I think
1: you need a lot more out of Jamin Davis. I think they need to sign a veteran. And um, i tell you what kills and uh, the ambassador sent us an email is how well Jeremiah yeah. Wusu Karamoa is playing out in Cleveland. And they had not one, but two chances, not, to draft him and didn't and I thought it was a pretty obvious need fit and just on a personal note Kaim always gets mad when he misses mocks that's who I had
2: picked at 19 and they didn't take him so that one still bugs me um, the other big one is Tory McTyre because you know, what the, are we the, Mitch what are we one step closer to happening that's exactly what, what, what I was getting what to, are we JP? one
1: step closer to
2: happening that, that, we're, we're, we're one step closer to unveiling Troy Apke at corner
1: Oh, but Mitch, oh, but Mitch, the, he'll never play. Don't worry. That's not the plan. The plan is just for him to play special teams, Mitch. Hey, yep, that's the plan.
0: Uh, I was going to text you that, JP, but you were dealing with a bigger story when I heard about the McTire news. But also, all the corners have been kind of awful this year. Troy Apke, maybe we, we need to see him on the field. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Be
0: careful what you ask all for, right. but I'm asking for it. <laughs>
2: All right. Hopefully um, Benjamin St. Juice is able to come back from that concussion and play this week, because if he yeah. doesn't, I think that almost guarantees you're going to see Apke on the field on Sunday.
1: But dude, and then lost in all of this is that the head athletic trainers gone are on leave. And like, yeah. I don't know who asked somebody asked, and it was a really smart, pertinent question of like, Hey, uh, if you don't have your trainer, who's in charge of the medical side? And Ron gave a generic answer because he probably doesn't have an answer quite yet. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to count on the doctors," and they got other medical staff, so whatever. But like, it was just—it was pretty remarkable, dude. That I mean, I don't know. And uh,
2: it's also disappointing. Yeah, go ahead. We we joke all the time about the different things in life that are undefeated, that just never never lose. And we don't have to name them, but one of them needs to be added to the list is Ashburn. Ashburn is undefeated. They beat everybody. It beats everybody.
0: Only in Ashburn are you worried about the, the depth chart for trainers. That, like, we're asking about the backup to the head trainer. No other reporter right. for any other organization has to worry about that.
2: This is right. a podcast that has done 800 episodes, and we've talked about the six-string cornerback on day four of training camp. Never once have we mentioned the backup trainer.
0: Undefeated, remarkable.
1: Uh, There is no cure for Ashburn syndrome, fellas, none whatsoever. Should we go to your one-on-one? Let's go to the Um, interview. I think we might as well at this point, (laughs) right? Like, I and you know what sucks the most about this? Even though there's serious questions about the defense, this team is now two and two and has a chance to go to three and two on Sunday, And, and maybe this will galvanize them. Who the hell knows? But like. It's just crazy when the focus should be football and it's completely impossible,
2: you know. Yeah, it's, we said at the beginning every time you feel like you're in a situation where you're going to be able to just talk football, a bus comes out of left field and freaking runs you over, and you start telling you have to talk <laughs> about the DEA and getting the legal shenanigans. You know how we feel about lawyers, right? <laughs> you know, I'm married to one, but yeah, it's uh,
1: it. it and and it's like, it's just, Jay Gruden said it, man, dark cloud over Ashburn. I'm, I'm literally standing here right now, um, you know, where we do the live shots outside and like the gravel. Um, and there's like a legit, just dark cloud hanging over the data center all the way to the practice bubble. And I can only imagine he's going to play it cool. I thought Ron played it incredibly cool in the presser. And I, in my one-on-one, you'll hear it. I thought he played it incredibly cool. He's got to be serious, dude. Whether they think this is real or funny business or whatever's going on, he, he, I mean, you think he wants to deal with this after all the stuff they deal with, you know?
2: <sighs> What's one more thing on the plate, you know? <laughs> I
1: mean, that plate is fuller than Thanksgiving. Like, you know that yeah. first plate on Thanksgiving where you put like nine items on one plate?
2: Ron's got more than that on his plate. Right, He's got this, two Thanksgiving plates in one. This is like the crescent roll that's like barely balancing atop the, uh, atop the turkey and the, and the mashed potatoes. And the I would have candy. loved
0: to have seen the – you know how they have that – for people who don't know, they have like a little security toll booth there at the Ashburn facility. The guy's face in there when the DEA rolled up on Friday afternoon and said, we're here to raid this joint. What does that you- – normally he's dealing with stupid media walking in with their heads down. That's a whole different. You want to hear a funny story, actually?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm driving out of here. So I get off the radio at two. And because the press conferences got moved and, you know, it's a fairly newsy day. We weren't sure that we were going to get the one-on-one, um, but we were. And, and kudos to Ron and the PR staff for, for you know, doing all their media obligations. Um, I am hauling ass to get out here. I, I'm not going to get specifics, but I was uh, – I was moving pretty good. And so not everybody realizes where we have to park is out in this like gravel parking lot. Like it's a solid 500 yards to the practice bubble where I was going for the interview. And yeah. and PR staff and Mitch had told, or actually Daryl, our photographer called me. He's like, hey, coach is here. And I'm like, oh, hell. Like it's one thing to have coach wait after a win and we're going to have a conversation. But it's, it's a whole nother one. What's up, man? It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Recording a podcast as we speak. I'll I'll see you Wednesday. Have you come join us. (laughs) No, I don't think that person wants to come join us. (laughs) But uh, that person was just like, damn, you're going to be out here all night? Anyway, so I am flying, and I ask if I can pull inside just for a minute to do the interview so I'm not going to make Coach wait anymore. And they say – Okay, this one time, just to hurry it up. So I, I pull up to the little guardhouse, and and the guy is like, JP, I don't think I can let you in there today. And I was like, I know, but I'm just Ron is waiting on me. I'm trying to not make him wait. He, he's like, Let me call my boss. So he calls his boss, and he's like, Dude, sorry, they're telling me go back to the gravel. So then I like jam it in reverse, and I'm flying back to the gravel. And then he comes out. He's like, JP, they said you can go in. So then I fly back up there, and I sprint in. <laughs> to the bubble and i'm an old fatso for me to sprint 70 yards is a little bit taxing and i run in and i get in the chair and ron's just like catch your breath dude (laughs) i don't like sprinting to do an interview where i then have to talk is just one of the dumbest ideas i've ever had but uh i think that's a fairly good
0: intro for the interview absolutely and this is what happened after jp caught his breath
1: yeah all right um We'll talk Wednesday unless some, something else bananas happens. But thank you for listening. You made it this far away. Here comes Ron.
3: Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check loaner cars and free virginia inspections check and check see over the past 100 years we've learned that to succeed in business we've got to keep our customers happy and that's the oarsman story oarsman chantilly toyota let's ride together oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921 Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service, check. Lifetime engine guarantees, check. Loaner cars and free car washes, check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman
2: story. Oarsman Kia of Alexandria, Let's ride together.
1: Ron, obviously this should be a victory Monday. All the focus should be on the win in Atlanta. Team put out a statement earlier that head athletic trainer Ryan Vermillion has been placed on administrative leave, criminal investigation unrelated to the team. How do you move forward with a guy you've known for a long time under these sorts of investigations?
4: Well, the unfortunate part is we have to deal with this and, and the thing was we have to stick to uh, to the football aspect and we've got to be able to compartmentalize that type of stuff and just go forward, you know, and, and the only thing I can say about Ryan is I know who Ryan is and uh, last year I trusted Ryan with my health and I would do it again.
1: It's remarkable considering the situation you two were in last year and you credited him with your cancer fight and yep. with the, all the work with, against fighting COVID last year as an organization to to now be here. How do you let the team know and did you get any questions from players?
4: No, we haven't and again, the biggest thing is we'll, you know, we'll stick to the statement that's been made uh, and we'll focus in on playing football and, and try to stick to that.
1: Focusing on the football side of things then a wild win in Atlanta. Your two wins this season have they given you gray hairs at all? It's they
4: been <laughs> They've been tough fought um, I love the composure at the end of the game, I, I love the resilience and uh, the way the guys have pulled those games off uh, you would like our guys to, to, to make it a little easier on me, but um, that's not who we are right now. So we're learning, we're growing, and that's the thing that we gotta do is we gotta take you know, what we can from it on the positive and continue to go forward.
1: What can you say about the, the composure and, and, and maybe the, the moxie or the grit of a player like Taylor Heineke?
4: You know, sometimes I wonder if he know does he know the difference? Does he know any better? Um, or is that really truly who he is? Um, the thing I can say is the guy doesn't like to, to, to lose. He wants to compete. And with him, you have a chance. And I think that's what his teammates are beginning to feel.
1: Got to ask you about Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's really starting to put it together, kind of to a, a next level. How do you view his game now as, as a real wide receiver one in this league?
4: Well, I think he's continuing to ascend and get better. Uh, he is a playmaker. He understands it. He gets it. Uh, and he competes. Um uh, is he a finished product? No, I do think he has a—he's got a high ceiling, and, and I think he can become a really good player.
1: How much of a lift was it for you guys having Curtis Samuel back?
4: I think it was a very good lift. I think it was a big lift. I think it took a lot of pressure off of Terry feeling like he's got to make all these plays, and lo and behold, he goes out and makes all these plays. Um, I think that's what a guy like Curtis can do. Um, and you saw the value because you saw Curtis do all kinds of things for us—you know, everything from from running the ball catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage catching the ball downfield catching the ball through the middle picking up valuable third down completion for first downs that's the kind of player he is he's a complete player as well so I think he and Terry can can really help sustain us as, as we wait for guys like Logan Thomas to get back on the field
1: how concerned are you I mean you had some big injuries offensively Logan Thomas Brandon Sheriff how long are you thinking how big of losses are those
4: they're big losses. But I will say that the next man up philosophy uh, idea has kind of crept up on us because if you go and you watch the way Ricky Seals Jones played, uh, John Bates stepped up in his uh, in his secondary role. Um, you watch the way that uh, Wes Schweitzer stepped in and played, and, and we have a lot of confidence in, in both those guys. But we we really do feel fortunate to have guys like that on our football team. Um, and then you watch. And you see how the guys around those guys continue to play at their high level. Um, And you feel like, hey, you know, we can sustain this. We'll do the best we can.
1: I feel like Cosby's really coming around, too. Yes, he
4: has. He Uh, has done a nice job, JP, in developing and growing.
1: Other side of the ball. In post-game comments after the Atlanta game, you said, we got to be realistic. And the defensive struggles are, I mean, we're four games in. This isn't necessarily a small sample size anymore. How do you fix third down defense?
4: Well, I think first and foremost, it starts from making sure everybody understands their assignments, understand their responsibilities, and then we as coaches got to make sure they can do the things we're asking of them, and then we got to go out and do it. it. To me, that's as simple as it gets. Um, I I don't know if, if, if we complicate it too much for them or not. And we've got to find out. We've got to sit down and have some frank conversations with the players between now and next Sunday to make sure everybody's getting it and everybody understands what's being asked of them.
1: Secondary breakdowns, they've been happening week after week. Guys are starting to get a little frustrated. Do you consider any bigger changes there, maybe new guys on the field, other guys in different positions?
4: No, because what you're going to do is you'll get the same thing. You'll get a a new group of guys. It's not like what we've done is in two seasons we've had two completely different secondaries. Okay? And, and, and that's difficult because you want these guys to develop a rapport uh, in terms of, of being able to work with each other, communicate with each other, so we don't have those types of breakdowns. And, and, and that, you see that because sometimes certain things will happen. and You see guys will be looking at each other or pointing at each other. Or, you know, and so that tells you somewhere along the lines they haven't quite gotten the communications aspect of it down.
1: I, I feel like I say this every week. You played on the 85 Bears, tough as nails. You coached under Jim Johnson in Philly who tried to go after the quarterback every second. What do you think of that roughing the passer call yesterday oh. <laughs> on Chase Young?
4: I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I thought it was misinterpreted. Um, but again, when, when, when things are left to interpretation, that's what's going to happen. And so, you know, it's difficult. It, it's at full speed. Um, I just, you know, I, I just, I disagree with them.
1: I disagree with it, too. Um, New Orleans Saints, week five, your team has a chance to get on the north side of 500. It's going to be an interesting week. How do you keep the interesting from being important this week?
4: Well, I think the, the important thing is is that we have an opportunity, like you just said, to be three and two. We're going to play against a very good football team. It's going to, it's going to command all of our all of our focus, all of our attention. And I think that's the thing that we have to do. We have to understand that we have to stay focused in on on the task at hand and and really pay attention to the one-game-at-a-time mentality and and, and making sure we are set and ready to roll. Ron, thank you for the time. All right, JP.
3: Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection and service check lifetime engine guarantees and car washes check loaner cars and free virginia inspections check and check see over the past 100 years we've learned that to succeed in business we've got to keep our customers happy and that's the oarsman
1: story Orsman ford lincoln let's ride together